Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode and good afternoon. It's currently 1.56 p.m., a little bit after lunch. Uh, well, um, I'm getting ready for the new biodigester to arrive. Um, I'm going to be um, picking a new location and that's what I'm doing right now. I got my, my skidster, my skid loader is still leaking. Um, I actually have the diesel mechanic coming in a few days to work on it, but... The leak is not like super major where I can still actually use the skidster. So I've been using it to um, straighten up the yard. And also back when we had that really big like 22,000 plus acres that was being burned. Um, part of our property was part of that acreage. And um, back when that was happening what I ended up doing was digging a really big hole in my front yard. So I could take dirt and dump dirt all the way around my home and all the way around my power shed um, as a fire break. So I ended up just digging a big hole and I was, I was frantic because I, the fire was, you know, on our property on the backside and I was trying to do anything I could to help prevent the fire from burning my house. So I just started spreading dirt all over my house, probably about um, 12 to 14 feet wide all the way around my house uh, and then all around the power shed. So you guys can imagine how much dirt, dirt that was. Uh, and then also I ended up peeling up, like using the skidster as like a mini bulldozer to peel up all the grass, um, you know, all the way around the house as well, because I didn't want any of it to catch fire. Now that has passed now, the the, the fire has is long gone already and done. Um, we're working on repairing the fence lining in the back. But with that said, I have a huge hole in the front and I have this dirt that's all over the place and I peeled up the grass in a lot of places. So my yard and everything around my house is a mess, right? It's grass started growing over the mounds of dirt that I put. Um, so it's like not flat, not even. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm using the skidster to start cutting down all that um, and making it flat again. Uh, and then there were some spots where it was really thick where I poured dirt. And even to this day, when you step in it, you, you end up sinking into the dirt because it's so powdery that you just sink into the dirt probably about two to three inches minimum and it's just a dust ball so um, i'm cleaning everything up trying to fill in the holes um, around my house where it's uneven trying to take dirt from areas where i can take dirt from and try to float and back blade um, as much as i can so since i'm doing that i'm also trying to figure out the best location for the bowel digester now there is a two parts to this bowel digester that I'm hung up on as far as the location. So originally I wanted to put the biodigester in the same location of my old biodigester. It's off on the side. It's probably about, I believe it's 80 feet, maybe 80, 80, I think about 80 feet away, give or take, not in a straight line. Um, if I was to take a straight line, you're probably looking at maybe mm, 65 feet somewhere around there. And so that's a good location because it's uh, away from the home and it's kind of up on the hillside a little bit so I can use gravity to my advantage when it comes time for when I feed the biodigester, the, the fertilizer that comes out, I can use gravity to my advantage to kind of um, divert the water on the, on the, along the hillside where I want to plant a garden. Well, that's the good part about it is that I can use the gravity to my advantage. But the bad part about it is, is that I have to run 
a really long, well, not really long, but pretty decent long water line out there. I have to run a, um, I measured it out 75 feet, um, just to the corner of my house of gas line for the, for the, um, biogas or the natural gas or methane. And then there's still another, say, let's see, 75, there's 85, you know, I'm looking at probably 80, then it has to go into the house. Um, so there's still a lot more line I still have to install. So all said and done, I'm probably looking at a um, hundred feet at least, at least a hundred feet, maybe 120 feet of gas line that I have to run. And so that is my hang up. Um, because I'm actually going to be plumbing in the methane into my home permanently. So I have to make sure I pick a really good location for this biodigester. And it's also important for any of you that are experimenting with biogas or have a biogas digester or thinking about installing one. You got to really think about the location because once you set it up, you won't be moving it for years. My plan is to not move it for the next 10 to 15 years. So I need to find a location that I don't mind sacrificing uh, also a good location for sun where I don't have the shade of my solar panels or my home or the power shed blocking any sunlight because we want to keep it as hot or as warm as possible. Now, the thing is, is that if I put it into the same location and grade it and make it where I can put the bigger biodigester, that's great. It's a, technically a great location, but the problem is that I have to run the water line, which is actually not that big of a deal on the water line thing, but it's still a lot of work and materials and I, I have to buy. Uh, and then as far as the gas line is going to be really far away. Now, with any gas line, um, even propane or natural gas or anything like that, um, especially propane, um, the size of the pipe is kind of like a water, water line, right? If you think about water, your water pipes, the skinnier the water pipe, like a straw, there's only so much fluid or so much gas you can pass through that line because of the diameter of that pipe, right? Now, the trade-off is, is that the farther you go away or the longer the distance that you need to run the gas, you either have to compensate normally by making sure you get a bigger size pipe and have way more pressure um, because you're going over a longer distance. And it's kind of like, like wiring, like DC wiring um, for like your off-grid stuff. Um, you know, you want to use really thick wires for DC power, right? Because if not, you're going to be restricting it, the power coming in quite a bit. Then you're going to have power loss, right? Energy loss. So that is my dilemma right now because I did measure it out. And from where the biodigester is going to, well, I'm thinking about locating just to the corner of my house, not even going up into my house to the appliances, was 75 feet to about 80 feet, somewhere around there. And so that's a long distance, you know. And the line I want to use, which I already purchased and own that I've never installed, is three-quarter inch, okay? three-quarter inch gas line now the three-quarter inch gas line is is good but the problem is that the farther away I go the less efficient that becomes because now I have to over, overcome that by having more pressure on the other side to push that gas through right and also depending on how much appliances you're going to be using on your gas will make a big difference because here's an example let's say you plumb your stove for propane or biogas or whatever and then you have a um, heater in your house to heat your home, right? Um, if your pipeline is not sized 
appropriately, you mean you're not going to be able to, to push enough gas through the line to supply both appliances. So you have to think about the, you know, every little aspect. Now, obviously, if I bring the bow digester closer to the home, I'm going to be able to accomplish two things. First of all, I don't have to go any bigger than the three quarter inch because now the distance is getting cut way down. It's getting cut down to maybe, let's see, 10, 20, oh man, like maybe 40 feet max or not even maybe, yeah, about 40 feet, somewhere around there um, to supply my home where I'm thinking about running all the gas lines. So I'm able to cut down that, that extra 60 feet of gas lines. So that's making a big difference. And then also I don't have to spend money on a gas line. Gas lines are, can be expensive depending on what um, direction you're going to go as far as material for that gas line. Now, normally for a bowel digester, you just use polytubing, okay? But the problem is, is that when I have it that far away, my only option is to put it below grade, meaning put it in a trench in, a, in the ground. Now, if I do that because polytubing, regular soft polytubing, is just going to crush. It's just going to put, you know, um, squeeze itself because the ground is heavy. It's sitting on it. And then, you know, if you drive over it or walk over it or you got machines going across it, you're just going to end up squeezing the pipe and the pipe is going to be restricted and either slow down your flow significantly or no flow at all. Right. So if you're not going to use the really cheap polytubing, which is which I'm not going to use, I plan on using what's called um, home flex. Um, home flex is a burial type of gas line. It, it represents like PEX. It almost looks like PEX. Um, but it's designated for um, natural gas and propane. It's a gas line. And so that's what I'm going to be using to come from the biodigester into my home. But still, that size of that pipe is still only three-quarter inch, right? So I don't really want to take a chance too much of having the biodigester too far away. And then I put my direct burial line, which, which will not crush. It's a, it's a thicker, way thicker pipe than just that soft polytube. It's a, you know, it's made for gas lines and it's really rigid and, and thick and, and, and stiff, you know, you can still bend it around to a certain degree, but you know, it's more of a, it, it represents like pecs. It's almost like pecs. Now that's my dilemma. If I put it out there that I'm going to take a chance of me having to increase the pressure by the biodigester even more to overcome the run, the length. Um, so that's one aspect of it. Now, if I move it closer to the home, there's a, there's a big difference. Obviously, I can use the three-quarter inch pipe with no problem because the distance is way shortened up by half or more. Um, but not only that, my water line is going to be way shorter to the biodigester. Um, it's also going to be closer to the home. So when I get ready to feed the biodigester you know, food scraps or whatever, it's right next to the house. I can just walk right outside real quick. No problem. Um, you know, I'm looking at maybe 20 feet compared to 80 feet every day if I'm going to be feeding it every day. And so, you know, there those those pros are what's weighing on my mind right now. The problem with bringing it closer to my house is the opposite of what of the other location. Because if I bring it closer to the house, it's going to be more be like it's because the, there's like a hill. My house is built is post pier style. So um, there's a hill. So the ground underneath my house is not exactly level. And for a post and pier house, it doesn't have to be level, the, the ground, because you're using post and pier. And then from there, you level off, you, 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 know, you level everything off with your 4x4 four four posts, and then you come up and you start building your house. And so 
when I put it next to the house, that is actually a lower grade than the current location where I wanted to put it away, way away from the house. And by doing that, every time I go and feed the biodigester, the fertilizer that comes out of it has to go somewhere. And so if I leave it in the location that's farther away, I don't have to worry. I can just pipe it downhill and make a gardening on the side of this hillside. But if I do it next to the house to be more convenient and more efficient as far as feeding it, um, gas line is concerned, water, and, and just convenience really, um, now I have to figure out how I'm going to move this fertilizer that's going to come out every day. Now the thing is, is that I don't want to have to move it with buckets. You know, I want to I want to set up a system where it's going to be very economical, meaning, you know, you just put the put the waste in and that's it. And whatever comes out the end, I'm going to have it piped away or piped towards wherever I plan on putting the garden. So that situation is because it's below a little bit below grade. There's not much of an area where I could just run a pipe downhill. So that's my dilemma right now. I do have two good locations. But there's a trade-off on each location. It's like the complete vice versa of each other. <laughs> you know? So it's kind of an ironic situation. Now, the other thing I'm going to do that I've never seen anyone else do for a biodigester, which I'm implementing, is also a um, radiate. Um, it's kind of like the same stuff that you use for radiate floor heating. I'm going to be putting under the biodigester. So I have three-quarter inch um, PEX oxygen barrier um, radiant floor heating um, piping coming in. It should be here in the next couple of days. Oh, no, actually, it's, it's here already. I just have to pick it up. Sorry. Um, I'm actually going to be putting a really big coil on the ground. Really, really big coil. I think I bought 300 feet of it, which I'm not going to even come close to using all of that. Um, but I'm going to make a big coil. And basically, after the ground is leveled, put the coil down. And then I'm going to put the biodigester on top of it and fill it up with water and put, you know, manure and stuff in it to get it going. And basically I'm going to use, I have one, two, three. I have three extra solar hot water heating panels, very similar to the same panels that I use to supply my house with hot water. Um, except in this instance, I'm going to use maybe one or maybe two panels. Um, I'm going to connect them together and connect the radiant PEX um, tubing um, to that um, solar hot water heating panels and I'm going to allow it to just put a small little circulation pump on it um, and let it circulate underneath the biodigester so that way the radiant heat can go up into the biodigester and keep it more of a constant temperature. I've never seen no one ever use it or do it like this and so I'm kind of excited to, to get it going because I know it'll work. Because I use the solar hot water heating panels to heat my water for my house. You know, as of right now, it's 2.11 p.m. And my water in my tank is 145 degrees. You know, and so I want to make sure I got radiant floor piping. Um, that way I could make sure I could transfer the, the most amount of heat um, through the bottom of the biodigester. Now, I could use copper, but copper is more expensive and a lot more work because you're going to have to solder and, then, you know, all that work. Plus two, the PEX oxygen barrier piping is smooth. There's no sharp edges. There's not going to be no joints. It's just going to be one continuous um, um, grid or spiral um, underneath the biodigester. 
And then there's just going to be the inlet and outlet that stick out from the side that's going to go into the solar hot water heating panel with a little water pump to circulate the water. So I'm pretty excited about that. So I am pretty excited because first I need to make a very good decision on my location of this biodigester because I want it to be user friendly for us to feed it. And then also I want it to be user friendly as far as the um, fertilizer that comes out of it. And then as far as the heating as the like the in-floor heating, but I'm putting it on a bio underneath a biodigester. Um, you know, that's going to be very unique. No one's ever done that. I've never seen anyone do that. And it's going to, I believe it's going to work very, very well. Um, just because the amount of hot water that I get daily, just from these solar hot water heating panels is amazing. Like scalding hot, like really scalding hot. Um, so I should have no problem at all running the, um, the water, you know, through the piping. It's going to be in a, basically a enclosed loop system. Um, so that way when the water runs through, it's just continuously just getting warmer and warmer and warmer, which in, in, in turn is also warming up the biodigester from the bottom up because heat rises, right? And so I want to take it from the bottom and heat from the bottom all the way up through the biodigester. And you'd be surprised. Watch what's going to happen. The, the amount of gas that I'm going to be able to produce is going to be insane. Because in my older videos, especially when I was experimenting more back in the day with biogas, um, I was, you know, experimenting with mirrors. I was trying to use a very cheap method of trying to heat a biodigester. But the problem with mirrors is because the sun is moving so much, um, it's hard to focus the, the rays onto the biodigester. Um, so that gets cumbersome and you always have to move them and then you have to clean the, the, the mirrors, you know, so it's not economical. It's not feasible for something very stable. Um, and then I switched over to a, um, a hot water heating element. I drilled a hole onto the side of my old biodigester and I put a bulkhead, a threaded bulkhead. Um, that way I could actually thread in a, um, heater element from a hot water heater. And what I was doing was I was dumping all the extra power from my solar system into that hot water heater element. So not only was it heating, you know, um, the biodigester very, very, very efficient. It worked great. Um, like when you touch the tank, it was really warm. And, and I could notice a very, very big difference. And I mean a very big difference compared to the gas production without any heat compared to gas production with heat. And if I maintain the biodigester at right around 95, 96 degrees, um, anywhere between 90 to 96 degrees, it produced like insane. Every day it was just producing a ton of biogas. Like I could just burn the bag of biogas, you know, playing around with it. Um, you know, then I could hook it up. And by the time I wake up in the morning, um, you know, the bag's more than halfway full already. And then once the sun comes out and my heater would kick, the heater element will kick on and, you know, make sure to bring the temperature back up, it would just produce like crazy again and just fill up. So it would literally just take hours to fill that bag up. So I know how important it is to keep the biodigester as warm as possible. So I want to use the radiate um, floor heating aspect, that type of style underneath the biodigester, right? And then there's one more aspect that I'm going to implement to help keep the whole biodigester in a whole warm, which is I'm going to put a hoop tent or a hoop greenhouse over the biodigester. Um, and that's actually to serve two, like two, two purposes really. 
First, it's going to help trap in a lot of the heat because um, a greenhouse can get hot, especially if you don't have any vents. It gets extremely warm and extremely hot. Um, so that's going to help warm up and keep the biodigester more stable as well. So the heat from the radiant floor system I'm going to put underneath it. And then also with the hoop greenhouse, essentially encapsulating the biodigester, except for the door for me to come in and out, um, which is also going to be enclosed. Um, we're going to be able to keep this biodigester really active and just producing tons of gas. So, and then the other aspect is, is that because where I live is pretty windy, um, and at night, the wind chill the, the, from the wind can get really cold. And so I did notice when I turned off back in the day when I was experimenting that overnight, just from the high winds that we have and the chill factor could easily cool off that tank. Um, pretty quick. And so by putting a hoop greenhouse over the biodigester, um, I'm going to be able to keep the wind off of the biodigester, which means it won't cool down, you know? So between the floor heating system plus the hoop greenhouse I'm putting on top of it, that biodigester will stay extremely warm all the time, right? Because I don't have no wind factors anymore. I'm heating from the bottom. I'm heating from all around the top of it, the sides of it. So it's going to be very, very efficient. It's going to produce a lot of gas. And that's what I want. I want something that's going to be efficient. Now, um, because I like I said, we do have high winds. When I build the hoop greenhouse, I'm going to have to actually reinforce it and anchor it into the ground. Um, to help prevent it from um, lifting or getting... So as you guys can see, there's a lot of planning going into um this situation as far as the biodigester is concerned now i'm not recommending anybody follow my instructions or what i'm doing but to me i look at things that a, a little bit differently and i find ways to help my situation because the number one issue with a biodigester is keeping it to like more of around a constant temperature if you can keep it around a very constant temperature, you're going to be extremely happy with the production it puts out. And I mean extremely happy. I, I remember when I used to um, heat up my other biodigester before, I could literally just stand next to it and you can just see all the bubbles because I had um, filters. I had a water filter to remove um, certain chemicals from the gas and then I had um, steel wool filters. But I had a loop. I put a loop in there with water. Um, that way I could actually see the production of gas, um, you know, moving through the system going into the bag. And when it was nice and warm and constant temperature, let me tell you, that thing just is rocking and rolling, just producing tons and tons of gas. So since I have the opportunity now to pre-plan for this biodigester that's supposed to arrive in a couple of days, you know, I want to get all these things squared away, for me at least. Now, you may or may not need to do what I'm doing. But I know from my experience and my um, playing around with it for so long, I know what works for me, right? And so I'm going to implement what, what I believe is going to be a very well set up system and very efficient system to produce gas and have a lot of it on hand. So I still need to um, figure out my location. I keep walking around outside thinking, okay, if I put it here... Okay, I'm looking at how long my gas lines are going to be, but then I'm like, okay, well, there's not much gravity going downhill because I'm almost on the flat area of the, you know, where my house is at. And so then if I do it like that, then that means I have to have a way to, to move that um, fertilizer. 
And so there's obviously two options. I can either put a bucket underneath it, fill it up and then dump it onto, you know, my, my garden and stuff, which is going to be, you know, heavy. You got to do that all the time. Um, or I could put it in where it fills up a little bucket and I could put a um, sump pump um, with a float on it. So once the bucket gets full enough, it'll just go ahead and suck that um, fertilizer out and pump it to wherever I wanted to pump it to. So I am considering doing that because I actually do have two sump pumps under my house um, from previous um, jobs I was doing a long time ago. So I still have them. So I don't have to buy a sump pump technically. So that's my other thing that I'm thinking about. But you got to remember that's one more thing, right, that I'm, I'm having to implement because I want to be I want to have it more more close to the house, you know, so I'm sacrificing the fact of using gravity to my advantage. But I think I don't know, I, I, I'm still thinking about it. I still got to go out there and look. But if I do put it more next to the house and I can easily put a bucket with a sump pump in it and uh, once the float hits a certain height, it'll just automatically turn on and suck it all out and push it through piping and I can put the piping anywhere I want. Right. I can run the piping along my garden or wherever I want it. I can run that and easily pump that fluid wherever I want to. Um, and then also, depending on the size of the bucket that you're using to put your sump pump in, will determine how much water is being pumped or moved at one time when it does get full, right? Um, the amount of water that's going to be coming out of the bowel digester daily is is not a whole lot. I mean, it's it's a it's a small amount, you know. So it's not like it's like, you know. 10 gallons a day coming out or or more well i guess it depends on what you're feeding it because you could be feeding it a lot of stuff and obviously whatever you put in almost the equal amount comes out the opposite end right so yeah i'm gonna mark out the location oh here's another thing too so my off-grid home needs to be repainted it, I, I when i first built the house i painted it which now is about what six years old at least now and so, you know, it's time for a repainting eventually. And so I'm, I'm looking into the future and I don't want to put anything right next to the house because obviously we need to be able to walk around the house, pressure wash the house, clean it, and then paint it. So I don't want to put anything right next to the house. So whatever I put outside, I need to make sure I account for enough room around my home so that way I can paint my house easily without having stuff in my way, you know? So there's that little aspect as well. So, yeah, um, this is the time for planning, guys. And I always suggest everyone to, to really think about the long-term um, future of what you're trying to accomplish. For me, my long-term goal is to solely use only biogas for my cooking needs, for my heating needs, um, for, you know, backup on hot water heater for whatever reason, um, you know. And I'm implementing it on my off-grid home. I'm going to implement it on my other home that I own that's on the grid. And I also own another home that I might be implementing it on. But for now, I want to get the, the off-grid home squared away. And then once that's all working, then I'm going to implement a new system on another property. And I'll definitely document that for everyone as well. But, you know, planning is, is absolutely key. And also when I build that, that hoop greenhouse, I really have to kind of overbuild it to a certain degree just to help withstand the winds. And also, if I put it on one side of my house, my house is actually acting as a natural wind block because the winds in our where I live, 99% of the time, always come from one direction. So my house acts as a, like a really big wind block. Um, so 
I want to use that to my advantage so that way the um, hoop greenhouse takes less of a beating over the years. Now, luckily, a hoop greenhouse is technically um, inexpensive to build, um, especially if you're going to be using, like, say, one-inch um, PVC pipes and stuff like that. And then the plastic is also not that expensive. Um, so, you know, if it was to ever tear up down the road, it's not the end of the world. I can always just go ahead and put a new piece of plastic on it and, and keep going. So um, that's not a big deal at all. But, you know, try to use things to your advantage you know use your home as a wind block like i am try to pick a good location that you don't plan on moving this because think about it guys once a biodigester is full and it's it's doing its thing and then you ever decide you want to move it oh my goodness you're going to have to drain it because it's going to be so heavy like the biodigester i have coming in in a few days it holds well over a thousand gallons of water well over a thousand you know, and once I start getting it running and it's got food in it and it's digesting and let's say in the next five years or even three years, I want to move it. Oh, that's going to be a, a disaster because there's all that liquid that's in there. You know, that's not the prettiest <laughs> that you're going to have to figure out a way to move it or pump it, pump it away. You know, so <laughs> uh, definitely plan where you can just keep it and not have to worry about moving it. Now, the IBC tanks that I used to use for biodigesters was a very good learning experience. And, and I really got to get my head um, well-rounded as uh, around the whole biogas bio digestion um, system in a whole. Um, the one benefit I would say about having an IBC tank is I used to keep them on a pallet. On either a wood pallet or a plastic heavy-duty pallet. And so at that point, as long as you got a forklift or a skid loader with forks, you can pick it up and move it. And that's how I used to move my biodigester um, is because I could use machinery to just lift it up with forks and move it. But the system I'm putting in now is really big. Um, you cannot put it on pallets. It's too long. It's about 14 feet long. So it's a, it's a long, long biodigester. Um, so if you're using an IBC tank or some type of tank just in general... Maybe put it on a pallet, and then that way you can easily move it around if you have machinery. Um, now, if, if you're going to be putting a biodigester directly on the ground like I, I have to, in my case, because it's so long, um, and it's not in a solid um, you know, plastic container, I'm not going to move it. It's going to literally sit there for the next 10, 15 years or, or more, literally or more. So I really have to think about this process of where I want to put it and look at the future of, you know, um, what, what might happen, you know, plan ahead. So anyway, guys, just want to talk to you guys about that. I'm working on picking a location. I'm trying to figure out my game plan for leveling everything off and putting the radiant heat in and then put the biodigester, get that thing set up um, because that's still going to take about a week. Because if I can, I, I promise you guys, if I set this up properly, the way I think it's going to work, I will be able to produce gas extremely fast, okay? A lot of times you cannot produce gas until sometimes three, four, five, even six weeks, right? And that's because it's not warming off or maybe you didn't start it up correctly or whatever. Well, I, I promise you, I'm going to be able to get mine running in less than a week. I'm thinking more like five days. So, and that's because I'm using these technologies from other aspects like the in-floor heating to my advantage, right? A, a hoop greenhouse to help maintain the heat in there and just keep things warm and hot. 
you know, so once I get it set up, it's not going to take long for it to start producing gas. And then from there I can, you know, start using the gas for cooking and heating my home or whatever I want to use it for, you know? So think about your process. Think about where you're going to put it. Cause like right now I'm scratching my head. Like, do I want to put it here or do I want to put it over here? It's a very tough, tough decision. <laughs> Cause I tell you right now, I do not want to have to move it once it's set up and running. That's going to be a mess. So anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in and I'll keep you guys up to date and we'll keep moving forward. Thanks for listening and I hope you guys' projects are doing well. Stay positive, guys. Always keep your head up no matter what happens and you'd be surprised how things just work out in the end. Anyway, guys, see you guys on the next one.